Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. And today, Syracuse, Georgetown, in D.C., at noon, on Fox, on Hughes.com for radio. And I've got a lot to talk about because this is a big rivalry. At least it was. Is it still? I'm going to talk about the top five or six moments in my life that I think attribute to this rivalry. You can disagree with me. You can post stuff on Facebook. We can talk about it back and forth during the game. Before I get to that, I want to kind of recap the Villanova game. I thought Syracuse was a little bit doomed when they were only up by three and Villanova couldn't hit the broad side of the bar in the first half. They shot 18%. And Syracuse really couldn't capitalize on only up three in the second half. Villanova moved the ball more. They hit the glass more. They out-rebounded Syracuse by plus 20. And Syracuse didn't score a basket for the last six minutes. Now, in most games when you get out-rebounded and team just doesn't score for six minutes, you're going to lose. You play a top 10 team, you're definitely going to lose. The thing is, Syracuse had a chance at points, but it just didn't seem like they had any sort of flow. Villanova had 15 assists. Syracuse had four. Not going to harp on that too much because when the schedule came out in the beginning of the season, I didn't think Syracuse would win that game anyways, regardless of what they did in those other games. I thought they were a bubble team. They're still a bubble team. The importance of the Georgetown game is really winning the game won't give them too much as far as NCAA projections or making the NCAA tournament, but it will really hurt their chances if they lose. And the same thing for Georgetown. Georgetown hasn't beaten anybody in their, their games. They're 4-4. Four and four. Syracuse is 5-4 going into this game. So both teams really need to win the game just to stay afloat. Now I'm going to get into the five or six games that I thought were most iconic in the Syracuse-Georgetown rivalry. The first moment or game I want to talk about was Syracuse-Georgetown in 1980. I was just a little kid. I don't remember this happening as it happened. I remember it more in clips and shows and documentaries and stuff like that. So John Thompson II, who recently passed away, was the coach of Georgetown. Demonstrative guy, huge guy, outspoken, didn't care about ruffling feathers. Well, Georgetown comes into Syracuse. They beat Syracuse in Manly Fieldhouse, which is where they played before they played at the Carrier Dome. And Syracuse had won 57 straight games in Manly Fieldhouse. And after the game, John Thompson gets on the microphone and says, Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed. People talked about that in Syracuse for years on end. Even though I didn't witness it, I felt like I was there because people would always talk about that moment when they would see him or when he would talk or anything. People didn't like him in Syracuse. Syracuse, the team didn't like him. Jim Beheim didn't like him. He said it in many different clips and videos and documentaries, as I said. So that kind of kicked off the rivalry right there, which was a great one to be a part of if you were a fan, if you were a player, anything. And as I got older, you know, I could watch more games. But remember, in the 80s and the early 90s, not every single game was on TV. So I listened to a ton of games on Syracuse radio station called WSYR. But one year, my father came home and said, we got season tickets. It was a perk of his job working for GE there in, in Syracuse. And I reaped the benefits. Sometimes my mom would go to the games, but a lot of times I would go with my father. And I was kind of wondering if I was going to make this game or not because I could see my mom pulling that car and say, I'm going to the Georgetown game. But 
luckily she let me go to this game. So this was 1989. Sherman Douglas was a senior, and it was his last game at the Dome. Herman Reed also, but, you know, he was a bench guy. They gave him the flowers. They walked him out to the court. You know, his family was there. And they gave up pom-poms before the game. People were shaking them. It was just crazy in there. And my father was yelling. I was yelling. Everyone was yelling. Most people had, didn't have a voice at the end of the game because of the, the, the noise. Well, Syracuse ended up winning that game in overtime. And Sherman Douglas dunks it at the end of the game. Now, Douglas was a point guard. He never dunked. I never saw him dunk all the time he was there, but this time he threw it down. And it was iconic because it was putting them away, saying, we beat Georgetown, we finally beat Georgetown. And it was in the dome, it was in overtime, it was dramatic. So that was the first taste I got of it personally. And I could feel it after that. After I went to the game and felt kind of the angst of the carry dome and the hatred for Georgetown and how Georgetown and John Thompson just fed off it, that's a rivalry. None of these things are guys are all best friends now and stuff like that. This Real basketball guys generally didn't like each other. They played as hard as they could. The coaches didn't like each other. The fans didn't like each other. And it was fine. It was accepted. So the next season, Syracuse had a lot of the guys back. Obviously, Sherman Douglas wasn't there. But they had Billy Owens back. They had uh, Derek Coleman back. But Georgetown had a good team, too. They had Alonzo Mourning back. Kevin Mutombo. Uh, Mark Tillman who was one of their main guys then. Morning Matumbo were more traditional centers. They were bruisers down low, for sure. Coleman could bang with you down low, but also he could hit the outside jump shot, 15-footers foot around there, and had a nice game. Billy Owens was kind of a forward before his time, a guy who was 6'7", 6'9", that could handle the ball and drive to the basket and shoot. And in this game, he just torched Georgetown. Syracuse won the game 95-76. That was their first win ever at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. That's where Georgetown used to play. And Owens had 36 points. He was 14-17 from the line, 11-17 from from the field, 10 rebounds. I just remember him killing Georgetown and Coleman as well. 24 points, 13 rebounds, 9-14 shooting, 6-7 from the line. Both those guys played almost the whole game. Syracuse had Stephen Thompson... The rest of the team kind of filled in the, the blanks. So I knew Georgetown would be out for blood in the second time around when they played in the Carrier Dome. And because the rivalry was so great, CBS would always pick up the last game of the season for a long time. And it would be on Sunday afternoon as the last game before the Big East Tournament. So this time, John Thompson gets three technical fouls, gets kicked out of the game. Didn't matter, though. Georgetown still hung with it, and they were up by two. Billy Owens was dribbling the ball. He gets fouled. Many thought it was a phantom foul, but whatever the case, he got the call. He made two foul shots. This was back when before there was double bonus, so these were one-and-one foul shots. He made both of them four seconds. Syracuse ended up winning 89-87 in overtime. And there are rumors that John Thompson had smashed the TVs in the locker room and trashed the locker room because he was so mad at the calls and what happened in the game. But that's just folklore. I'm not sure if that's actually true or actually was proven. Some of the first two games I went to in the rivalry were great games. Overtime. Dramatic. Guys leaving. Big-time players playing. And it really set the tone for me 
watching those games. And I got to go to many games over the years. I don't remember a ton of them as much as I remember those first two. And then the other few I'll talk about came more in the 2000s. Now, Georgetown, I wouldn't say they fell off, but UConn got better. Villanova got better. And Georgetown, for a time there, was not great. John Thompson, the second, left in the 99 season, kind of like abruptly in the middle of the season. When John Thompson, the second, left Georgetown, his assistant coach, Craig Escherich, took over. Really wasn't any juice between Escherich and Bayheim, So the rivalry kind of naturally slowed a little bit. But in 2004, John Thompson III, John Thompson II's son, took over. And you felt the presence of John Thompson II. He wasn't the coach, but you know that he was around the program. This brings me to the next game that I thought was iconic in my lifetime. So in 2006... Syracuse, Georgetown, the 2005-2006 Syracuse team didn't have a great season. They got crushed by DePaul. It didn't look good for them making the NCAA tournament before the Big East tournament. But Jerry McNamara had put the team on his back, and Jim Beheim had said in one of the press conferences, this team would have won 10 effing games if it wasn't for Jerry McNamara. And in the Big East tournament, McNamara delivered. He won a runner shot against Cincinnati. Syracuse beat UConn by two in overtime. Then they played Georgia. Well, Syracuse made a storming comeback in the second half. McNamara had five threes in the second half. He had 17 points in the game, so almost pretty much all his points. And five assists. He hit a three-pointer to get within one. Georgetown turns the ball over. McNamara then assists it to Devendorf for the layup. Devendorf was a freshman then, and they end up winning. Syracuse ends up going to the championship beating Pitt. But for me personally, it was one of those moments where I always wanted to go to the Big East tournament, and I couldn't go. And I couldn't go to those first three games because I had to work. And when Syracuse beat UConn, I live in Connecticut, and I had asked around anyone, they have tickets, they have tickets, they might want to give up because... When your team loses in a Big East tournament or any tournament, it's not that fun to go. And I found this guy who had tickets, and he was going to give them to me at face value. So I ended up going to the championship game that year for the first time in my life in 2006, and Syracuse won. And once you get a taste of the Big East tournament, you want to go back. And I, I went to several games after that where I would make it a point every year to at least get to one or two games at Madison Square Garden. So then came the 2013 season where Syracuse and Pittsburgh announced that they were going to leave the Big East and pretty much break it up. It's called the Big East now, but it's not the same as it as it was, right? So everyone knew that this was the last time for Syracuse-Georgetown. Georgetown, in the 2013 season, beat Syracuse in the Dome by 11. Then they beat Syracuse at Georgetown 61-39. So in two games, Syracuse averaged 42.5 points per game, both in losses. After the second game, John Thompson II, who wasn't the coach at the time, said, you can kiss Syracuse goodbye. So this guy has now bookended this rivalry in his eyes, right? 
He started at the beginning. Many field houses now closed. He said at the end, kiss Syracuse goodbye. Then I thought to myself, what if they play in the Big East tournament? How awesome would that be, right? And guess what? They did. And I got to go to the game. And it was awesome because C.J. Fair threw a dunk on Otto Porter Jr.'s head towards the end of the game. It didn't completely seal it, but pretty much put a punctuation on the game. And Syracuse ended up winning the game 58-55, beating Georgetown for the last game in the Big East. And that was awesome. Now they decided to play each other out of conference for the last few years because people just missed the rivalry. It's not the same because when they played each other two times and three times and you knew each other and the games matter because of biggest seeding and conference, it was a different, different feel. Probably the best one of these games in the last few years was in 2018, 2018-19 season where Tyus Battle pulled up and hit a jumper at the, at the buzzer and they won 72-71. Syracuse down by... And then Syracuse and Georgetown split since then. So it's been back and forth a little bit since they've been out of the Big East. Obviously, Jim Beheim's still there. It's kind of funny because Patrick Ewing is the coach now who was a player in this rivalry many years ago. And then Pearl Washington squared off once in a game. And he was he was a dominant player. Unfortunately for Patrick Ewing, his coaching career hasn't been as successful as his playing career. This is now his fifth season. He's 66 and 63. Last year, Georgetown won in a run in the Big East tournament. Won that, went to the NCAA tournament, but got beat in the first round by Colorado handily. Also on the bench for Georgetown is Lewis Orr, who played in that game in 1980 where Syracuse lost to Georgetown, and he's been the coach there as an assistant for five years. I'm sure they'll show him a bunch during the game because it's just an odd thing, right? You don't see too many coaches, players switching over, but he has. Another name that will be familiar tomorrow is Ryan Mutombo. It's Dikembe's son. I talked about him. I was at that game in 1990, and now his son is on the team. That's how long I've been watching Syracuse basketball. He's another seven-footer, seven-foot-two to be exact. Ryan Mutombo averages five points, about four rebounds. He's a freshman. He's coming off a good game against UMBC. He had 15 points and 11 rebounds, so might have a little confidence. Georgetown has another seven-footer, Timothy Iguafe, and they also have Malcolm Wilson, who's a seven-footer. So they got three seven-footers they can throw in there. None of them are really dominant or anything like that, but they're enough to get in there to rough it up. And just looking at their season stats, Syracuse and Georgetown almost identical in a lot of categories. Records almost the same, 5-4, and 4-4 four, four and four points per game. Syracuse 77.8, Georgetown 76.3. I'm not going to go through every single one of the stats, but of course I'm going to look at rebounding. Syracuse averages 36.6 rebounds per game, Georgetown 42.8. Opponents rebounds, 39.4 for Syracuse. And then Georgetown allows 35 rebounds a game. So that's a minus 2.8 for Syracuse and a plus 7.8 for Georgetown. Rebounding is going to be a problem. We know that for sure. Another problem may be Caden Rice, Georgetown's best player. Leading scorer averages 14.5 points per game. He shoots the three very well at 45%. He's second best 
in the NCAA with three-point makes per game at 4.25, behind a guy shooting 4.38, so he's right there. He's made 34 total on the season, which is tied for seventh in the NCAA. And question is, who's going to stop him at the top of the zone? It's not going to be Joseph Girard. That leaves Buddy or Jimmy. This may be an opportunity for Benny Williams. I know I keep saying it, and I, I, I keep hoping that Benny Williams will come through or get some playing time or do something. It's one of these games, but he just hasn't. Maybe the top of the zone against Rice is his chance to shine because Rice is coming off his career high, 34 points versus UMBC. He had 10 three-pointers in that game, which is Georgetown's single-game record. He broke Mark Tillman's record of seven, which was from 1990. 1990 keeps coming back up in this podcast. So this guy's a player. Georgetown's got some confidence that they're beating up on UMBC. Yes, it's a lesser competition type of game, but now they're playing Syracuse with confidence. I know Syracuse has proven they can bounce back after kind of having some disappointing losses in Atlantis and then beating Indiana and then being Forest State. I don't know where their head would be at after the Villanova game because they were winning and Villanova didn't play great and Syracuse kind of got dominated in the second half. Not kind of, got dominated in the second half. Buddy Bayheim's had two back-to-back stinkers pretty much. And he hasn't had that since his freshman year. Question is, who else on the team can step up? You saw Jimmy score a lot the other night. But I think Villanova was kind of saying, okay, Jimmy, we'll let you try to beat us. Edwards has to have a good game again. The guys coming off the bench have to be impactful. They don't have to score a ton, but they have to do something. Anselm has to come in and get rebounds and block shots. Torrance has to come in and, and help Gerard kind of move off the ball because Syracuse needs Gerard's offense. He's a good three-point shooter. He's proven it. He's top five in the NCAA, but he's not great at distributing the ball. So, as I said, it's a rivalry game. It's always tough. Even though there have been times where teams have blown each other out in this rivalry, I think these teams are pretty even. It's going to come down to the rebounding and how they can contain Rice, I think. And will Buddy bounce back? I know today's pod is longer than what I usually do, but it's Syracuse-Georgetown. And I hope you enjoyed going down memory lane with me. If you got some other memories or moments or times that you want to talk about, please share them on the Facebook page or with me on social media. If you're going to be at the game, love to see some pictures. I know someone for sure that's going to the game, and that's Dr. James. Dr. James has been a show sponsor before. He's also my brother. And guess what? He decided to sponsor the show today. The Dome Dog Podcast is brought to you by Dr. James. When you break a bone, get James on the phone. 202-907-BONE. 12 noon on Fox. Use.com for radio. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Dome Dog Podcast. Now available on Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible, and Podbean. Please join the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash Dome Dog. That's D-O-M-E. D-A-W-G.